Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer, and I would like to begin this episode by turning to Luke chapter 24 and looking at verses 1 through 8. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened that while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again? And they remembered his words. I want us to focus on the phrase, and they remembered his words. Those would have been the words of Jesus, the gospel of the Lord containing facts to be believed, promises to be enjoyed, and commands to be obeyed. They are the words of truth. I remember the Lord's statement in his prayer in John seventeen seventeen, when he prayed to the Father, Sanctify them in the truth, thy word is truth. The gospel is God's power to save to everyone who believes. In it is contained God's plan of salvation by grace through faith in order to produce faith in those who hear it. Every single problem that divides those who believe in Jesus could be taken care of and dissolved if all involved would simply remember the words of Jesus. And when I say remember the words of Jesus, I mean that in the sense of abiding within them, believing them, and being satisfied with what the Lord has said. I'm telling you, I truly believe that there is not a single thing that divides worshipers of Christ today that outreaches the Word of God. There are a lot of things that people do in what they call worship that has absolutely nothing to do with the Word of God. But that is not God's fault. We know that God's Word gives us everything pertaining to life and godliness, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And we know according to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped to every good work. All of that being true, then God's word is the only standard upon which all who claim to worship Jesus can possibly unite. In this episode, I would like to look at a few areas of differences in the religious world today, and I'm speaking of those who believe in Jesus that could be taken care of if all would simply remember the words of Jesus. Let's consider for a moment the question of obedience. 
Is it necessary to obey the commands of the Lord Jesus in order to be saved? Do we have to do anything at all? Now man has his own way of answering these questions, but the important thing is, does what man has to say match what Jesus had to say? Does it match the words of Jesus? Let's go to John 14 and look at several verses found in that chapter. The setting is the Last Supper. It is the time when the Lord will institute the memorial feast commemorating his death. In verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Down in verse 21, he said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and will disclose myself to him. Down in verse 24, Jesus said, He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Among other things, what Jesus is saying, or what is Jesus saying, if not that obeying him is essential. Let's go to the book of First John, where the necessity of obedience is made abundantly clear. In First John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, John wrote these words, And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Is it possible for an individual to be saved? if he chooses not to abide in the truth? And is it possible to abide in the truth when we choose not to obey the Lord's commands? The answer to both questions is obviously no when we simply remember the words of Jesus without some previously accepted theological bent. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 1-3. through 3. It says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we, are, we love the children of God, when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Now man may say that it doesn't matter what we do. Man may say that once you are saved, it makes no difference how you live. But that's not what Jesus said. It does whether or not we choose to obey Jesus matter. In Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 and 9, we are told to consider the example of our Lord himself. That passage says, although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Think of how giant a step toward unity it would be if all of those who believe in Jesus would accept that conduct matters. Obedience makes a difference. I also believe that it is vitally important to remember the words of Jesus about love. To many, when they think about Jesus and love, it means I'm okay and you are okay. It means compromise. To call into question the beliefs or practices of anyone is said to manifest, manifest a lack of love. The one who does it is often said to not have the love of Jesus in his heart. But did Jesus teach, practice, or preach that? 
Did Jesus tell his followers that there are many different ways to heaven and that as long as a person was sincere, whatever they did or believed was okay? Did Jesus teach us to turn a blind eye to religious error because to do otherwise would evidence a lack of love? Or did Jesus teach us that love demands that we examine all doctrines and practices? Did he teach us that love demands that we say something when people are walking contrary to his word? Wouldn't it be beneficial if all would remember the Lord's rather scathing rebuke of the Pharisees for their insistence upon obedience to man-made religious traditions? Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrine the precepts of men. To call into question religious practices of today that even the practitioners thereof readily admit cannot be found in the scriptures is said to manifest a lack of love. I don't get that. What did Jesus say? It was very popular a while back to say, what would Jesus do? But most don't want to concern themselves or to be bound by what did Jesus say? With one, there is speculation. With the other, you either listen or you don't. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, the Lord said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now wait just a minute here. Jesus was talking about people who would profess to be followers of him. He was speaking of people who would call him Lord, Lord. Surely, surely the love of Jesus would cover any unlawful practices they engaged in. But no, that is not what Jesus said. Let me ask this question. If we believe that death awaited someone right around the corner and they were headed in that direction, will we be showing love by warning them or by keeping silent? We all know that answer to that question. The easiest thing in the world is to keep silent, to say nothing. And that way you will generally be liked by most and offend none. But I'm reminded of the words of Jesus as expressed by the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 16. Paul wrote, Have I therefore become your enemy by telling you the truth? When we want to know what love of our fellow man is all about, remember the words of Jesus. It would do all of us good to remember the words of Jesus about hell. It's always interesting to me to see the various surveys that come out from time to time about the religious views of people in the United States. It's always interesting to see the percentage of people who believe in heaven and the percentage of people who believe in hell. Always the number who believe in heaven far surpasses the number who believe in hell. But do you know who spoke more about hell than any other individual in the Bible? Jesus did. When we start thinking and talking about hell, we would do well to remember the words of Jesus. Jesus spoke often about eternal punishment that is reserved for the wicked. Look at Matthew chapter 13 verses 40 through 42. 
where Jesus said, Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks, and those who commit lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Skip down to verses 49 through 50. So it will be that at the end of the age the angels shall come and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Turn to chapter 18 of the gospel according to Matthew and look at verses 8 and 9. And if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into the fiery hell. And let us also remember the words of Jesus as expressed by Paul through the Holy Spirit in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6-9. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to give relief to you who are afflicted, and to us as well, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God, and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So, men can say whatever they want to say, and they can make themselves feel better by denying that such a thing as eternal punishment awaits anyone. But when thinking people think about our eternal destiny, all would do very well to remember the words that Jesus spoke about hell. However, lest all should despair, men also need to remember the words of Jesus about heaven. Just as no other individual in the Bible speaks so frequently about hell as did Jesus, neither did any other Bible character speak so often about heaven. Hell exists, but no one has to go there. I believe that Jesus in one of my favorite passages, spoke directly to this issue in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Whenever faith becomes weak and spirits low, remember the words of Jesus about heaven and be comforted by them if we are living our lives in such a way as to have heaven as our goal. Each time Jesus spoke of heaven, he put himself in the picture. Well, my friends, his apostles certainly remembered his words about heaven. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, of an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, Paul wrote, For we know that if the earthly tent which is our house is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Indeed, the entire life of a Christian, 
undergoes a marvelous change when we remember the words of Jesus about the ultimate eternal home of the saved. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. In every path of life, in every situation we face, we should remember the words of Jesus. It is by this constant remembrance that we can be renewed day by day. When a trial tests our faith, remember his words. When temptation confronts us, remember his words. When division characterizes those who claim to worship Jesus, remember his words. Let us be able to say with the psalmist from Psalm 119 and verse 11, Thy word I have treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. Thanks for listening.